Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Folks, we are talking playoffs today at the roundtable. That's right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to As for Football's College Football Roundtable. I am your host, Dano E. Cabeza, editor here at As for Football, and I am coming to you live on videotape out of coastal Connecticut. I'm joined this week by Jordan in Atlanta, in Orlando and Rob by in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Guys, I cannot talk at all. Does not sound good for the podcast, but how in the heck are we doing today? You know, uh, I've been better, and uh, we won't get into it, but all I'm going to say is make sure you have a good home inspector before you buy a house, because that will save you a lot of time and money. So, Oh, man. Very thankful I had a good home inspector. Oh, yes. sad hours. Sad, sad. Rob, how are you doing? I, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, again, fighting the weather, it seems like every time we get ready to record one of these, I get freaking dumped on. So I think Mother Nature is playing a little interference, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to work through it and uh, should be a good week, but it's only Monday. We shall see. Uh, that's true. Uh, as always, this show is brought to you by Emblem Athletic. Ladies, gentlemen, everyone, Emblem is the source for all of your custom sporting goods needs. Let them trick out your unit today, whether that unit is military, police, fire, or just your flag football team. Friends, we know a lot of you who listen to this podcast are in the Army. And guess what? Summer's coming and you're going to see a ton of summertime moves. And then as soon as you get there and you get your new commander, you are going to need a new company or battalion T-shirt. And that is when you go to emblemathletic.com because Emblem can help. They have super high quality stuff. Their website makes it super easy. Their artists make it super easy. You just fill out a quick questionnaire online. They lead you through the rest of the process. They set up a unit store. There's no inventory for you to buy. They take care of all of the hard parts. Help them help you be a gear hero for your unit. Look good, play good, feel good. Folks, we are really, we're trying to help you. Do yourself a favor. Go to emblemathletic.com today. So with that, uh, Jordan, would you like to take us through Athlon.com's top 15? These come from Athlon Magazine. They ranked all 130 college football teams. We have been running through the top 25. I think that's a little, a little too much. But Jordan, if you would take us through the top 15, I would greatly appreciate it. Sure. So I'm just going to be honest. It, it, when I was in like fifth grade, they taught us a song of all 50 states. And, you know, Alabama is the first state alphabetically. So whenever <laughs> I see Alabama listed number one, I want to Alabama and Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California. But it's <laughs> Alabama, then Clemson, obviously. Uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, bunch of cheaters, uh, but it's fine. <laughs> Georgia, A&M, who should have made the playoff last year, but see Ohio State. Iowa State, Cincinnati, eight. That's big. We haven't seen them them this high yet. Oregon, North Carolina, Florida, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Miami, the U, and then Arizona State, arguably one of the greatest party schools in the country, coming in 15. Questionable, but 
Yeah, they seem we'll, we'll uh, wait. We'll wait. ready to drop based on the uh, incoming sanctions. I got to yeah. say, I was only going to make this the top 10, but then I saw Wisconsin sitting there at 13. And Jordan, I knew you would not want to miss an opportunity to talk about Florida. But Rob, let's have let's hear it from you first. I know you have something to say about these things. All right. So as always, Jordan and I will have a, a vigorous discussion about that number four slot of Ohio State. That's always going to be a debate. I think we can all settle that uh, the Ducks are overrated, but... The old Bearcats jumping in in the top 10 is a pretty good sign of somebody actually doing some analysis and looking at uh, last year's schedule and yeah. how well they played. I think that's a uh, that's a good nod to them. North Carolina, again, did pretty well this last year. Uh, Florida, Notre Dame, and Wisconsin, those guys are pretty much like those last five from 11 to 15 are almost interchangeable in those slots and probably yeah. could drop into the top 25. But uh, I'm always interested to see Miami as this uh, – are, are, are we looking at the Jimmy Johnson Miami team or are we uh, trying to uh, force an ACC uh, or interest in the ACC by putting them in the top 15? I got to say, I love the ACC. Just if I'm watching college football, I almost always just by default will turn on either the SEC or the ACC just based on people that I know that went to schools. And it's almost always one of those two conferences. So I hope that Miami is back. I don't necessarily root for them, but I, you know, I'd root for North Carolina versus Miami. Like that's a game that I would totally watch. So, you know, I'm here for it. Yeah. It's, but uh, uh, yeah. Florida 11, I'm comfortable with that. Notre Dame 12. I'm comfortable with that. You know, Notre Dame being top five, eight is ridiculous. I, I think at 12, they're good there. Arizona state. I mean, all right, they're going to blow out a cupcake team week one and then lose to an actual team the next week. And they're going to finish the season ranked like 83rd. So Whatever. Yeah, that, that seems likely. I got to say, if you're in the top 15 to start this season, you have a, an excellent shot to make the playoff uh, based on the, the new, well, based on what the criteria will be. Let me put it to you that way. Not, not this year's criteria. Uh, but if you start in that top 15, you really have nobody to blame but yourself in terms of where your opportunity is going to be going forward here. Let me read through uh, some some of the rest of these schools. Athlon, like I said, they ranked all 130 schools. So we're trying to focus in a little bit more on schools that we think are our fan base, the you know Army football, Astro football fan base is. So at 24, we've got Coastal Carolina, 30, Central Florida, 39, Liberty, 46, Wake Forest, BYU coming in at 51. That seems a little low to me. Tennessee at 56. Then right together, you've got 78 Buffalo, 79 Army, 82 Ball State, 83 Air Force, 88 Navy, then 95 Georgia State, 97 Western Kentucky, and then South Florida, which is one of my personal favorites because that's where I went to high school. They're coming in at a solid 100. Miami, Ohio coming in at 105. That's a little rough. Then finally, 126 Connecticut, 129 UMass. Let me just start by saying that I believe UMass will beat UConn. Anybody else care about that? on earth besides me no i'll, I'll take that action and and, <laughs> and and looking at you know look at the rest of the list the one thing that i i find interesting and i hope that uh, georgia state still rides that uh 95th position all the way through the start of the season hopefully yeah y you know yeah. <laughs> advantage army by a couple of slots but uh, i also think that that uh, the, the habit of playing those guys over and over again can be an advantage or a disadvantage. And the advantage is as you get more players and new athletes, you can get used to schemes and everything like that. But one of the things I think, and, and you can toss that in with Navy is by them being in a conference by seeing the triple option so frequently, 
uh, teams get smarter at it. Whereas as remaining independent, it gives you a better opportunity to kind of pick and choose your battles, literally, versus being in a conference where that schedule is pretty set and there's a lot of film. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely true. I, I think uh, any Navy fan who doesn't believe in that after their little conference experience here probably hasn't been paying attention. Jordan? Uh, South Florida. You know, as a UCF fan, I, I, I think there are a bunch of dirty rednecks down there at USF. <laughs> um, but that being said, last year, they were a lot better than the record indicated. And I think wow. 100 is probably a, a fair point for them to start the season. But I would not be surprised if they ended up top 50 and actually went to a, a semi-decent bowl game next season. That being said, if it's not this year, maybe it's next year, but they were really close last year. And I, I think they're actually building something down there as much as I hate to say that. And then UCF, oh, I- um, you know, 30. Are we going to make it in the college triple play up this year? I don't know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if the, uh, the Gus bus can get rolling, you know, playing BYU uh, on September 2nd. Oh, and, you know. I will be there. I'm flying down just for that game, then driving back to Atlanta to go to the Army Georgia State game. So, oh my God, what a weekend! That's awesome. It's gonna be wild. I gotta say, I think Ball State at 82 is a little low. I mean, I think 79 for Army, anywhere in the 70s. You know, you're talking right in kind of the middle of the pack as far as college football is concerned. Is great for the Black Knights in the in the preseason. Um, you know, and I don't have an issue with them being ranked basically the same as Air Force. You know, last year that game was nip and tuck. I think both teams are going to return very similar teams to what we saw last year. Uh, I think Georgia State is underrated, way underrated at 95. And, you know, every analysis I've seen on the midshipmen this season has been like, well, Navy was bad, bad last year. So, of course, they have to be good this year because they bounced back every year. That, friends, that is not actually analysis. Navy has had one winning, winning season in the last three. And it's not like the others were almost good, like they were god-awful. So, I don't know. I, I actually think it's kind of an important year just for their program. Like if they don't bounce back, you could easily see the wheels coming off. And, and it, I realize I've said that a couple of times before. It's a gambler's fallacy. It's like, hey, well, you know, I, I lost 50 grand yesterday, but I, I can't lose 50 grand again. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, you can. You, you can win <laughs> two games again, maybe. See what happens. Yeah. And that, that schedule, um, again, they I think they have the hardest schedule in the entire group of five. I think Allegedly. I saw that at, I don't remember who put that out. I, I believe it. It's a tough schedule. So, uh, you know, take pride in that schedule because I do not think you're going to take pride in that record, but we shall see. So uh, which one of you guys wants to take us through talking about the playoffs? Rob, I think you had some opinions, right? You want to tell us about what's going on with the new playoff schedule? All right. So the new playoff schedule, it's, it's everybody's hoping a dream, but it always seems like it comes in with like some weird angle. You know, it's kind of like, hey, we're going to do the BCS. And everybody's like, well, how does this guy who like, barely showed up or played a few TV games, all of a sudden is in the top five and in contention for that. Well, it's the coach's poll, you know, and you get into all the discussion and all that other stuff. So we're trying to eliminate the fuss by coming up with a playoff. But again, I think the four team playoff was too small. You know, I think it, it still required too much of opinion and subjective activity and thoughts on the eye test. You know, you hear all the analysts talk about the eye tests when it comes to the, the four team playoff. Now we're jumping up to 16 in 2024. Go ahead. I thought they said it was 12. No? Uh, I saw 12, and then I saw 16. Either, either well, I think way. 12, 12 is what they're moving through the working groups with. I think okay. that's the, the dominant proposal right now. Yeah. And All I, right. Well, anyway, continue. 
Uh, well, I think that I think that's a fair I think that's a fair point. But then it becomes okay. How do we figure out the other you know seven teams? Because I think you know if you had automatic conference champion gets a bid, and then based off of your record as a conference champion, it uh, impacts seeding. I think yeah. that will work. But when you start talking about the also rans, like you can think about all the other teams that have like run the table and beat a whole bunch of other folks, but they're not in a power five conference and they don't have a lot of TV time. You know, I can think of like UCF a few years back, you know, Cincinnati last year, we, even with it being an odd year, their record was good enough that they probably could have, you know, held pretty strong if they would have got dropped into the playoff given, you know, honestly, and I think expanding the playoff is good because I think everybody's pretty much tired of seeing, you know, Alabama, Ohio state, and the occasional, you know, other team from some other conference kind of getting tossed in there in the hope and the dream that somebody's going to be able to dethrone Nick Saban. Timeout, huh. timeout, timeout. I know you just did not include Ohio State over Clemson. It's Alabama <laughs> and Clemson and then two other teams. Ohio <laughs> State it is a distant fourth compared to Clemson and Oklahoma. Oh, yes, man. but but if we go back to last year's game, what happened? Clemson got uh, Ohio State who played like three games and changed the rules to get in, beat a Clemson team who had gone through their entire schedule and actually played a full season. But they still oh, lost. Man. And so well, but but for argument's sake, though, you could say, hey, you have a team that wasn't in midseason form against a team that had a full season to play. So by execution standards and coaching standards by number of reps, Clemson should have beat the brakes off Ohio State, given the so fact Rob, that they, Rob, they if, played if a we did a race and, and you ran. 10 miles and I ran five miles. Uh, if you ran five miles and we ran five miles together, you ran 10 miles. I ran five miles. Would, would that be fair? No, don't think so. No, it's not fair, but it's also, you know, you also got to look at asses and seats too. Right. And, and Clemson has had, it was, it was a business decision. I, yeah, I'm not disputing yeah. that, but, no. but don't come in here and act like they were the better team because they weren't, they just had a larger fan base. Yeah, true, true. And, and, and I will never say that because it, again, it's like, why do playoff games happen, you know, at big bowls, bowl, uh, bowl stadiums, right? Cause if, if the size of your fan base didn't matter, we would be playing playoff games in Weetupka, Alabama, right? But exactly. <laughs> they always end up in big cities. And so I think, you know, fan base has a lot to do with it. And fan base during a pandemic year probably had even more to do with the decision to put Ohio State in because those folks travel. Correct. You know, especially after they almost jobbed the entire season. But yeah, just to recap, the current proposal working through their the college football working groups is they're going to take the top six conference champions plus the top six non-conference champions, uh, non-champions, with apparently no preference for the Power Five conference. So essentially, if this thing goes through, that'll be the end of the Power Five and the Group of Five. It'll just be top top six conference champs with the top four overall conference champs getting a bye week. So that'll give you something like a semi-final round followed by a final round and then a championship game. Predictably, you guys can guess which Power Five conference has complained about this, and that's the Pac-12. They said, no, if we're Power Five, we should be included immediately, to which the AAC... They're not the even Sun Power yeah. Five, but anyway. Are, are, they, are they Power Five? When was the last time they were competitive, like Vince Jones? Well, <laughs> if they put this in, they won't be anymore because they'll be in direct competition with the American and the Sun Belt. And I don't think anybody believes that they're going to beat those two conferences reliably. So, yeah. Like what happened last year when they're like, oh, we're going to cancel our season. And then they freaked yeah. out when no one else did it. And the great people of Alabama and Mississippi were like, 
screw you, COVID. We're going to keep going. And then all the people in California were like, what? <laughs> so you didn't ask me for my thoughts, Dan, but I'm, no, I'm cool. feisty today. I'm going to go ahead and give you my thoughts. Initially, when I read this proposal, I thought it was a bunch of crap. And then I read a bunch of analysis. I, I listened to people talk through it, and I became comfortable with it. But here's where I have an issue. Right. And I stole this from a guy who wrote this in the Wall Street Journal, so I'm not going to take full credit for this. But if you go to the pros, everything is so calculated and they do all the things of, oh, you have X percent probability to do this. And if this happens and if that happens, if this guy plays it and it's calculated down. And so, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, the majority of the time, this is the best team. Tom Brady's the go, all the probability and all that other stuff. And that's great. But what makes college football and amateur football great is the upsets and the, and the things that you know you don't know and the controversies and the fan base and the fact that I'm sitting in front of a 2017 national championship that says UCF on instead of Alabama. Because there are a lot of people in Central <laughs> Florida who will fight you because that UCF oh, was man. a national champion. And that's what makes college football great is the bickering and that Rob and I can sit here and talk crap. But yeah. if you if you overcalculate this playoff where we know without a shadow of a doubt that this team like that's not fun. I want oh, to I want to fight. I want to argue. I want to sit here and tell Rob that he's full of crap because he's an Ohio State fan. And, uh, and it, yeah. if he definitively wins and beats every metric and does all this other stuff, well, I can't really argue with him. Like I actually, you know, think of an, a legitimate fact-based argument and it's not fun to argue facts when you're drinking beer. Yeah. So true, true if, if you don't get the buy does anybody think that a team that doesn't get the bye is ever going to make it to the college football championship? Because I do not. I think that bye week is like absolutely an absolute necessity. I disagree. Yes. No, no maybe. I, I agree. Uh, but you also have to look at it. I agree for the most part, but it also depends, right? It depends on how tough your schedule is. So if you're in the sec, that bye week is going to let you lick your wounds, right? Coming out of the yeah. sec championship, Guys are dinged up, and that's going to have impact on the game. Like, and again, unless you're Alabama and you have like the X Men in your locker room, I mean, you have, <laughs> you know significant market advantage in recruiting at at uh, at Alabama. But when you look at some of these other teams or these smaller schools like the Sun Belts or the American Conferences or whatever, those guys are going to be pretty nicked up, particularly because they're going to be scrapping. And then to to be able to you know, have an extra week to prepare against the team like Alabama or Clemson or, you know, the 2014 Ohio State team, which was one loss. You know, I think that gives people a better chance to, one, do some intel and watch some film. But the other part of it is, is to get ready uh, physically for those next games, because there are some teams that are going to that are going to end up in this 12 team playoff and they're going to get smacked around. And Absolutely. Then, we're going to be second guessing like, Oh, is that the right idea to open it up like that? But I think the other part of it is ultimately at the end of the day, the teams with the best records will get in. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't want to see a one loss team or two loss team get in. If there's undefeated teams remaining in college football, regardless of what conference they're in. Exactly. Well, one thing that's interesting is, you know, the PAC 12 is obviously scheming now because they have to really get into this thing because if they, if the PAC 12 conference champion still doesn't make it, like they got a systemic problem, right? So what they're doing is they're going to fewer conference games. At least this is the discussion. So they're going to go to an eight-game conference schedule so that they can schedule more high-quality non-conference games, which is interesting because up until now, the conference games have been like the most lucrative games, but these conferences need strong champions. So now you're going to get this thing where 
you know, Oregon is going to have to come out and play Miami or something like that during the regular season, which, which I personally love. I personally think that that's awesome. So I don't know. I'm, I'm here for that, for the eight game conference schedules, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. I think it also, it also forces those guys not to schedule so many cupcake games. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Now, now you have to pay some stiffer competition because if you don't, then everybody's going to be like, yeah, I remember that one game. They had a great, you know, they had a great uh, conference schedule, but then they played, you know, the Richmond freaking spiders, spiders. Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so they played a small team that, you know, in their own right is great, but it doesn't mean that that was the best team, at least from a, it becomes more of a business decision Yeah. to, to, Absolutely. to pull the trigger on the schedule. All right. So let's turn the page here. Uh, Jordan, you want to take us through some news? Absolutely. Uh, not really sure we can call it news, but here we go. Uh, first of all, Supreme court ruled that the NCAA's actual business model is illegal. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh wrote that the NCAA is not above the law. The business model would be flatly legal in almost any other industry in America. Uh, my plebe year, the commissioner of the NCAA walked through the mess hall and I booed him. So this feels good. <laughs> NCAA is a cartel. Indication. Uh, so that plus the new name image likeness rule means that amateurism is not really a thing anymore. And in the transfer portal, giving college football something like a free agency, it's suddenly a whole world. Who does this help? Guys, what do you think? All right. So uh, I think Joe Burrow is the first person that pops into mind, right? He mm-hmm. would have benefited greatly from this if he yeah. would if he could have gotten paid, you know, because the transfer portal, yes, free yeah. agency. Or Johnny take, football. Yeah, you take a uh, team. True. Yeah, you take a team or a kid who has, you know, tremendous potential, but he's, you know, the second or third, you know, guy that could start anywhere in college football with the exception of the team that he's on. You know, Justin Fields the same way, you know, look at uh, or it creates that opportunity for that fifth year senior. Like if this kid can rack up some money, go to your hometown and play ball and cash in, you know, and and if you don't have the size. So if you're like a Matt Leinard or Johnny football, you know, you stay in Texas A&M, do that fifth season, that fifth year transfer to Texas or whatever, and then just roll in the dough. I think it's good because when you look at it and I pulled up the numbers. So when you look overall. Uh, financially what the NCAA made in 2019, and we'll go with 2019 since it's the uh, most recent full year that they had, they made $18.8 billion. Wow. And only $3.6 billion went towards financial aids for students, and then the other $3.7 billion was spent on coaches. So, again, coaches do matter, but yeah, if we're, pay- if we're paying, you know, if there's 130 130- division one teams and they're getting a cut of uh, 3.7 billion. That's a lot of money for coaches and the coaches are getting, the coaches are getting paid more than the financial aid for the players, you know, and that would be okay. And it would be okay if we were in the NFL. Right. But when you start looking at, you know, the amateur level of the sport, I think it'll be interesting, but I also think uh, this could, you know, this could be a blessing and a curse for some of these young men and women that are going to get paid, you know, and it's going to be interesting how it all pans out. So how do you get, how do you license yourself for, you know, social media funding yeah. versus the actual like sales of jerseys and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting how it shakes out. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. Like you've got it. You, you can see how like Alabama, Ohio state, you know, Clemson, how the big schools are really going to, make this work even tennessee which isn't good but is a big you know school with a huge following like you go to one of those places and you're going to have opportunity to get paid you know name image likeness or whatever else and it but then on the other side of it if you're sitting on the bench 
you know, and you see like there's three guys in front of you. Now you can transfer to Miami of Ohio and get a chance to exactly. play. And so I, it does seem like the second order of effect would be to increase parity, but only around the middle, right? I mean, that the best are going to be the best by an even bigger margin, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I don't know what that means for Army because obviously nobody's transferring into Army. Uh, of course, guys have always been able to leave the academy. So, you know, I don't think name, image, and likeness is going to be a thing for the cadets, although there are plenty of Army officers who have side gigs. So I don't know why it wouldn't be by UCMJ. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see how that shakes out. But, um, yeah. yeah I, 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 I could see that right now going to the company TAC with your uh, moonlighting letter. Like, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, boss, I need you to sign this because I'm about to, to start selling my name, image, and likeness on uh, social media. I don't know how that'll work. But, uh, yeah. I think for like a lot of the bigger universities that have like huge followings, I, I think it's going to make things easier. Hopefully it drops ticket prices overall for some of those places. Oh, because no I, chance. <laughs> no you know, chance. I, I, I think that's really for me is, is the, the sticking point, because if you go to some of these stadiums, like Duke University is a great stadium. There's great atmosphere to go watch a basketball game, but I think there's college stadiums or high school stadiums that have a better footprint for watching collegiate football than Duke does. Huh. Well, it's interesting. Like I said, I like, I, what does something like this mean for Buffalo or, you know, Georgia state? That's that interests me more than what it means for Oregon. Like, I think I know what it means for Oregon or Alabama or Tennessee exactly. or, you know, like, okay, this I understand, but like, what does it mean for Georgia state or Georgia Southern or, you know, the teams that we play that's, I, I don't know. I, I am, curious to see how it shakes out in the next four to five years anyway jordan you want to go ahead yep and then uh, next item on the list are colleges that produce the most nfl players uh clemson with 29 uh university of notre dame 29 oklahoma 29 uh pretty much what you'd expect miami penn state georgia michigan florida louisiana state some school in a state that is irrelevant and then alabama <laughs> at 56 uh additionally fbsschedules.com released their top neutral site games shockingly uh, a lot of them are based in either Atlanta or Dallas. And I, and I think that really speaks to where the college football fan base is, you know, gone are the, the days of the, you know, LA Coliseum being yeah. the neutral site or even in the Northeast. Now it's, it's really in the South and you know, part of that's due to weather. And, you know, part of that's just due to infrastructure and the other part of it's due to the fan base. Uh, number 10, army air force near Dallas, six Alabama versus Miami, and Atlanta. Number five, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Soldier Field, Chicago, Clemson, Georgia, Charlotte, North Carolina. And finally, number one, the greatest rivalry in all of sports, Army-Navy in New York City. I would love to go Notre Dame versus Wisconsin at Soldier Field. What an That'll opportunity. Cool. Yeah, That'll be cool. Yeah, I, I'm eyeballing that Clemson-Georgia game, too. I think that one would be a good one. Yeah, hell yeah, it would be. Yeah. And then finally, Phil Steele has named Wisconsin as one of his sleeper picks of the season. So he says Wisconsin has four true road games this year in Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers, and Minnesota. None had winning records last year. They have Notre Dame at a neutral site in Chicago and Penn State out of the East, but get them at Camp Randall. Six of my nine sets of power rankings have called for an unbeaten season, but they will have to knock off Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. Uh, Rob, you're the, you're the big 10 expert. What do you think about this? Uh, look, Wisconsin always has a feature back. You mm -hmm. know, we, we know that they're going to be a smash mouth football team and they're probably going to roll over quite a few of these teams. Notre Dame, that's a toss up neutral field. Yeah. 
may help them, but you know, it's still close enough for the fan base to get out there. You know, Camp Randall is great because that gives them a little bit of advantage against the state pen. But then again, Penn State is their own enemy, you know, their own worst enemy when on the road. And then I, I genuinely think, you know, Ohio State in a Big Ten title game, I mean, that's a toss-up as well, you know, and not because I'm an Ohio State fan. It's just because it it tends to, you know, particularly in a full season, Ohio State seems to have worked out a lot of the kinks, and they are a fourth-quarter team when they have a full season. So that could be very, very dangerous for Wisconsin. But if they have that feature back as per SOP and they control the ball and keep the offense of Ohio State off the field – I mean, that's that's very, very winnable game for sure. Yeah. Dan? Yeah, I, I don't know how you call it a sleeper pick when Wisconsin is ranked in the top 15 of every poll I've seen and in the top 10 of half of them. But sure, they might they might win the Big Ten. I, I guess I would give them, let's say, a 30% chance. I, I'd love to see it. I'm not against it. I don't want them to beat Army, obviously, but um, you know, they probably will. I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, also, you know, see what Minnesota does. I'm a... Guy's a closet PJ Fleck, PJ Fleck fan. I think he does good things with his team. You know, creates a good culture, and I like the fact that he's like the only coach in college football who still dresses in a shirt and tie. Um, you know, you <laughs> see some of them out there in their their sweatpants and, and Nike trainers, and it kind of makes you wonder. But yeah. so, and we'll we'll see. Uh, I Dan, I completely agree with you. You can't call it a sleeper pick if they're ranked in the top fifteen in every single poll, and everybody and their mother is saying they're going to go undefeated. Like. All right, cool. I, I could write a freaking column and say that you know, oh yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna go undefeated. You know, g- give me a give me a hot take that no, that no one else has. You know, let me know that you know Georgia State's gonna you know sweep yeah, the absolutely. Sun Belt and, and go be the highest ranked Group of Five team or something. Give me something interesting. It would be surprising if they knocked off Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, but that's the only thing that would really be surprising about any of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and Wisconsin has a history of for somehow dropping that one. You know what I mean? Like they've been postured for many, many years. Like, Hey, this is it. This is going to happen. And then it doesn't. Yep. And so yeah. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a mentality thing. And I think this season will really, really pan out because again, like 2020 was a train wreck for everyone, but it also, you know, it's going to impact recruiting, you know, yeah. so it's going to see how well they recruited in this short and crazy off season to bring in that next talent and it may not pan out this year, but I would say Wisconsin, you know, national champion in the 12th, you know, in the 12 game play or the 12 team playoff system, that's a hot take that I'd be interested in and, and how you got to that knowledge or that, that logic from, uh, you know, today, but being top 15, like you guys said, ranked in every poll, does it not, not too impressive, but if they say they're going to be the first champion in the 12 team playoff, then we have a point of discussion. Exactly. Well, friends, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, Remember to visit Emblem Athletic to get your custom athletic gear. And as I am sitting here recording this with uh, my friends, we are about two months away from college football. Guys, I cannot wait. I love these lists. I like talking to you guys about this stuff, but oh my God, we need to have some actual football to talk about. That is where my head is with this. So until next time, Thank you very much, and we will see you next year, uh, next uh, next week. Ah, right. I can't talk. Yes, everybody, tell your friends about this show. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the AskForFootball.com College Football Roundtable. Join the Ask for Football team for our next episode as we bring you more hot takes and college football analysis. We would like to thank our sponsor at Emblem Athletic. Be your own hero for your unit or team today. 
can find us at asforfootball.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at asforfootball.